I'm a true champion. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestle Plug YouTube channel and podcast. I'm Aaron Nix. Joining me for this week's State of Wrestling Address, which I believe is episode 510 of the WrestlePlug, if I've done my mathematics correctly, uh, is Kyle Wilkinson, the Duke of Diabetes, the Maple Leaf Magician himself. How are you, sir? I'm good, buddy. Uh, 510. Jesus Christ, eh? I know, right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's an exhausting process at this point. So this is the State of Wrestling Address. Um, if you're listening to this via audio, you can check out the best bits of it on YouTube. But the full podcast is only available to those of you listening via audio. So congratulations, I guess. So... Um, without further ado, Mr. Wilkinson, you will have seen the main talking point. This is what everyone wants us to talk about. WWE is going through its annual post-WrestleMania call, just like it did last year. Um, it has come to terms with the release of the following individuals. Samoa Joe, Peyton Royce, Bo Dallas, Chelsea Green, Kalisto, Mickey James, Billy Kay, Wesley Blake, and Taki. <laughs> um, that's currently who has been released uh, as of post, we don't know if there may be certain ones later down the line. I remember last year there was a staggered kind of release, so there may be more. I will refresh and if there are any more during this podcast, and obviously I will speak about them. This has, of course, queued the uh, annual I Hate WWE Brigade on social media, who are furious, and also a lot of independent wrestlers and former WWE wrestlers that release, like Heath Slater, Leo Rush, guys like that, are using this as an opportunity to you know jump on the bandwagon and slag off the company as well. What are your thoughts on the, the releases, mate? I mean, if they're not going to use them, let them go elsewhere. I'm okay with that. I'm sure, because that's nine individuals so far, they are wrestlers because they want to wrestle. If WWE is not going to use them, let them go elsewhere. It should People be have out to... as well. Um, just to jump in, sorry, mate. Uh, John, no, I mean... John Laranjitis, according to Sean Ross Sapp, who is a fairly credible source, even though he bores the tears off of me. Um, according to him, John Laurinaitis was the one making the rounds, and the excuse that was given is apparently budget cuts. People power, you know. The fucking company that just made a billion dollars by selling the network to Peacock. But, you know, you got a budget cut. To be fair, I will say one thing, very unpopular, and I am not somebody who believes in corporations. I am highly anti-conformist, and I have nothing but the utmost respect and sympathy for people who lose their jobs. I've lost many a job in my time. However, just because somebody is rolling in money doesn't mean they can't still cut budgets. Okay. Um, people seem to be of the assumption of, oh, you've got loads of money, therefore you should just employ everybody and hold on to them. That's actually not very good business ethics. That's how you lose money. And if they're looking at a plethora of staff and thinking, you're actually clogging up our system, getting paid a lot of money and not doing a fuck all, then actually it's very sensible from a business standpoint to remove those people from your business. Also, I mean, we don't know for a fact how many of these people didn't ask for their release. How do we know that Samoa Samo Joe is the only one that really jumps out to me, okay? Because ultimately you're thinking, right, Samoa Joe, world-class talent, world-class on the microphone. However, even he hasn't worked really properly in earnest for a couple of years now. You know, and people are saying, oh, yeah, but he was a workhorse backstage, blah, blah. There's loads of people who are workhorses backstage, yeah. okay? 
fair play to Samoa Joe for being a workhorse, but let's not act as if he's the only... I hate that excuse. Oh, he's a workhorse. What? So nobody else works, do they? He's the only person backstage putting in a shift, is he? Come on. Like, this is the problem. People are now, you know, taking the social media with faux outrage. Because let's be honest, the majority of people who are angry aren't that angry. Give it a week. They'll have something else to get angry about. They're fickle. They're narrow-minded. And ultimately, they're going to find something else to be outraged. What they are are people who like to be professionally offended. (gasps) What? WWE released some people. This is an opportunity for me to be offended. Not because they genuinely care about the morals and ethics of business. They just want to fucking shit on WWE because it's fashionable to do. And of course, they all want to go on the Twitter and say, AEW, sign all these people immediately. Yeah, sign more people to your bloated roster that you cannot fit onto your free terrible TV shows. Come on, man. I watched Dynamite this week. Now, admittedly, Dynamite is quite good. However... Fuck me, the amount of members of staff and wrestlers they have. And you just think, you can't find room for the current roster. How are you going to fucking fit all these other people in? You're going to have to call people yourself. And then what are we going to do? Are we all going to be like, oh, well, Tony Khan was really nice about it. He rang up everybody and sent them a bouquet <laughs> and some chocolate. So, you know, AW's great at releasing. They just release people the right way. I mean, ultimately, these people are going to be homeless too, but they just did it the right way. Fuck off. There is no right way to release people from your job. <laughs> like, you know, it is, these, it's very easy. Very, very easy to stand on your ethical and moral high ground when you're in a position of poverty, okay? Very easy to do that. I'd like to see just how many of you out there, if you came into money or wealth or prosperity of any kind, just how eager you would be to spout a lot of the faux outrage that you have on social media. Also, I'll be honest with you, who gives a fuck about half of these releases? Ask yourselves genuinely, if you're outraged right now, ask yourselves genuinely, how many of you truly gave a shit about Wesley Blake? How many of you have truly given a shit in the last year about Bo Dallas? How many of you have actually really given a fuck about Kalisto? I'm sorry. Okay, you can make an argument for Billy Kay. Absolutely. She was doing really good on TV. I think that's a loss for WWE. Do I think Samoa Joe overall is a loss? Absolutely. Do I think Peyton Royce is a loss? I mean, holy schwing. (laughs) I mean, just from image-wise, a loss. Also, you know, the fact that you split up the Iconics and now they're just shit-canned. And, you know, those are dumb decisions. But don't tell me that any of you truly give a fuck about Tucker or Wesley Blake or Kalisto, please. And as far as Mickey James goes, with all due respect, she's had a Hall of Fame career. And I'm pretty sure Mickey James is doing just fine. I'm sure financially she's very secure. She's got a wonderful husband who is also an incredible talent in his own right. She's got a wonderful family. She's set for life. How do you know that Mickey James didn't just say, do you know what? I'm probably going to leave. Do you mind if I go on NXT or something? Maybe do something to give back and then I'll be done. You don't know that. People want to assume that everything is evil when it comes to WWE. And a lot of times it is, but a lot of times it isn't either. It's just it's so weird when you think that you know, for example, Billy Kay was on was on WrestleMania. She was in that tag team turmoil match or whatever, and now like a week later, you know, it's a shame. It it's a shame that would it be so? This is the fucking stupid thing about this. Is it going to be morally superior if you release if you don't put her on WrestleMania and release her? Oh, because she, everyone's saying, oh, she was on WrestleMania. Surely that's a better thing, isn't it? I mean, she's just been in the spotlight. She's just been on the biggest, you know, wrestling show of the year. You know, the biggest, 
um, marquee event that you can have in the entire history of wrestling, if anything, her stock's pretty high right now, surely. Like, this is a good time for her to get a release because she'll have no problem finding work elsewhere. I don't think a lot of these people will have trouble finding work elsewhere, to be honest. I mean, the biggest one for me personally, and I know Sarah was, was Joe, it, to me, it kind of reminded me of like Randy Savage in like the mid 90s or I guess early 90s when, you know, they forced him onto the commentary booth. He wanted to wrestle. They're like, no, he's like, okay, I'm fucking off and going down south. I honestly believe Joe could be in a similar position because I don't know why he wasn't wrestling. He's, he was probably physically ready. They're just like, no. And he's like, but I wanna. So we left. You have to take that kind of stuff in consideration. Same with all these people. They could just, they want to wrestle. And if WWE is not going to use them, just go. There's plenty of other places they can go now, especially right now. This is a big boom just in North American wrestling in general. There is nowhere that would not excel picking up any of these talents. These talents are all going to be picked up, whether it be Impact, whether it be AEW. Do you know what really cracks me up, though? This is where you can see right through all these fickle plastic fans, okay? It's not everyone, but it is a large majority. And I'll tell you how I can see through all you fucking fakes is because you're all out here saying... Oh, they better fucking sign for AEW. Oh, they better sign for so-and-so. If you really care about the wrestler, surely you don't give a shit as long as they're happy. Surely you care about their well-being, their financial security, making sure that they make the choices that are right for them. Remember when EC3 got released? AEW, 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 you know, that kind of stuff. And it's like, uh, actually, he was very happy doing a quick run in Impact and then going to Ring of Honor because that worked for his narrative. You don't get to dictate the wrestler's narrative for them. If you truly, truly, truly give a shit that they've been released, then you will be happy irregardless of where they go instead of spouting your fucking bullshit nonsense on Twitter and saying, oh, well, they better go to AEW. Fuck off. They can go where is best for them. It's got nothing to do with you. You're not in charge of these people's careers. And it just cracks me up so much because instead of actually sitting back and waiting and thinking, okay, let's hear from actual sources or from the people themselves, maybe why they were released. Maybe they asked for their release. We don't know any of that. Now, instead, they're just going to use this as an opportunity to just jump on WWE. The reality is you're being faux outraged, faux offended for the sake of just pissing and shitting on WWE just because you don't like them. If you really don't like them that much, why are you still watching a product? Why are you still paying for the WWE network? Last time I checked, human beings have a choice. And this is why you're fucking fickle. Because ultimately, if you really were that passionate about it, you wouldn't watch the product anyway. And you wouldn't be bothered. If anything, if you're not a fan of WWE and you're a huge fan of Impact or AEW, and I'm a fan of a lot of different companies, by the way, so don't be coming at me saying, oh, you're just a WWE one. No, I just live in the real world where we have sensible conversations and we understand that there is always two sides to a story, not just the one for the people who are professionally offended and live in the fucking uber leftist world. And by the way, I'm not right wing either. So spare me all that fucking bullshit too. It's funny how many of you people just make assumptions about my character and leave hate mail in my inbox every day, just because you can't handle the idea of me formulating an opinion that is different to yours. And you're welcome to debate and argue with me in the comments. But of course, if you're just going to come on and call me a fat cunt or whatever, well, you're not going to get very far. <laughs> it's as simple as that. I'm just going to block you or ignore you. It's as simple as that. Um, I, I'm sorry, but if you remove Biddy K, Peyton Royce and Samoa Joe nobody really gives a shit. They just want to pretend they give a shit because it looks cool and it might give them some clout. But carry on whinging on Twitter. Ultimately, 
you know, banging on Twitter and trying to take the moral high ground, it's not going to pay your bills. It's not going to pay for a pint of money. You're not going to be able to go on a shop and go, yo, I got 100 retweets because I stood up for Biddy K's human rights. Yeah, congratulations. Get your fucking wallet out or stop wasting my fucking time. Live in the real world, mate. It's pathetic. I mean, at, at the end of the day, does it suck that these people lost their jobs? Yes. Yeah. But do not, for a single second, anyone watching or listening to this, think that these people will not find work elsewhere. Yeah. But, you know, also, I've seen people immediately coming out and saying, like, oh, my God, the Iconics need to go to AEW. Absolutely. If AEW had a fucking clue how to use women properly, they are certainly on the up, it has to be said. But they are well, well away from proving that they can run a competent and professional women's division. Okay, um, I would much rather see the Iconics go to, in fact, Impact would be perfect for them. They'd be perfect as, you know, people to come in, especially with Jazz retiring as well. That knockouts division is really suffering, particularly with Jessica Havoc and the Bayer breaking up as well. This is a perfect opportunity to bring in a tag team, refresh the order a little bit. So, you know, it, it's all very well saying like, oh, everyone should go to AEW because they're treated well. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, that's great. But you don't make that much money as a business by just looking after everybody and allowing them to just do whatever they fucking please. If every single person turned up the workforce and their boss just said, you do whatever you want today, you know, whatever. As long as you're comfortable, as long as you're happy, it doesn't really matter. We don't really care that much about the workload. Great. Okay. Nothing's going to get fucking done. You're not going to make any money. Sorry, that's not how business works. And again, let's be honest, the only people who are outraged are people who have never made a fucking dime in their lives. And it's easy to sit in your mum's basement and complain about how the world owes you everything. But if you're not really contributing or grafting hard, you know, like we are every single day, you know, nobody can sit there. If you want to say to me, you're poor, so you should fucking have that thing, that's absolutely fine. But ultimately, I graft and I put 14 hours a day into my trade. You know, I work fucking hard for peanuts just to be able to afford to eat dinner. So don't tell me that I don't know what it's all about when it comes to hardship, because I do. And I've spent my last two years of my life, particularly, and the majority of my life dealing with poverty and hardship and strife and everything that comes with that. And I don't go on social media every five minutes and complain about capitalism because it's easy for you people to just have a little whinge, to have a little moan. It's cool, whatever. I deserve opportunities because I work fucking hard for them because I'm fucking good at what I do. Not because I need to go on Twitter and have a little cry. Sorry. No, that's going to offend people. Don't care. I get bored of it after a while. It annoys me because actually I would rather talk about how, you know, these people would benefit from going to certain companies or where it would be interesting to see where they land going forward and how great it's going to be. For instance, Kalisto, he can go back to AAAR if he wants, you know, him and his wife, if they have the opportunity, he could go back to Mexico and be fucking fantastic. Muay Thai had and make a lot of money. You know, um, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce will have no problem. They'll be hoovered up immediately. Samoa Joe is the kind of guy, I don't think Samoa Joe is going to be out of a job very long, especially if he's ready to go wrestling-wise as well. You know, people are saying on, oh, he should go to AEW because he'll be a megastar and he could immediately be the world champion, blah, blah, blah. What about Lance Archer? What about Rusev? What about all these other guys who apparently could do that as well? You know, until AEW is a proven commodity that pushes these guys and shows that they can be more than what they were in WWE, which they haven't done at all, then ultimately I'm not impressed and I'm not interested. So I do. Send, send, let's see Samoa Joe in Japan. I think that'd be fun. 
Yeah, I love how people just turn their nose up at Japan so much, you know? Who doesn't want to see Shingo versus Samoa Joe? What? What? I'm going to get... Dude, give me, give me Ishii and Joe, dude. That's what I want. I want yeah. Ishii and Joe. Yeah, a couple of meaty hosses slapping each other around. That's for Japan, where real men wrestle. That's, 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 that's basically what they should do. They should just rob the WCW moniker where the big boys play. Anything else you want to add to it, mate? No, I think that about sums it up, really. Again, it sucks, but none of these people are going to be hurting for work, I don't think. So yeah. they'll be okay, guys. It's okay. You're concerned regardless of how fake it is, is unnecessary. That's See, that's my issue, by the way, and I want to clarify this before everyone blows up my inbox, which they do anyway, because, oh my God, heaven forbid you have a different opinion to the fucking clusterfuck of sheep out there. But I actually have nothing but sympathy for the individuals that have been released, particularly if they haven't asked for their release and they've just been released, because I know that WWE is so many people's dream jobs. However, I also want to look at it from the positive aspect of, I know that these people will find work elsewhere. These are all very, very good professionals. You know, it, it, it's just the difference between a lot of people and myself is that I don't have fake outrage to it. I just don't, you know, and I'm not going to use this as an option. You know what you're getting with WWE. Don't pretend like WWE is all of us. How could they do this? Yeah, WWE isn't really renowned for doing horrible things or shit can they How do you think you make a shit ton of money? It ain't by being a nice person, okay? Yeah, there's a big reason. Why. Do I think that's good that there's a massive generational wealth gap and everything involved in so many different countries, particularly in Western society? No, that's not a good thing. However, I also understand how they make their fucking money. It's funny because all these people think Bill Gates is a wonderful human being and ultimately who's been stockpiling the most finances on his end? Him. <laughs> you know, it's it's so funny. Oh, he's a good billionaire. He's different. Oh, Elon Musk is different as well. Really? I'm sure if we got every single business decision they made, they would be clean as a whistle. So fucking stupid and naive. Please grow up. Any final thoughts, mate? No, I think that sums it up right there. Yeah, <laughs> I love how Canadian you sound. Well, I think that uh, that sums that up right there. Eh? That, uh, got it right there. Eh? Don't need uh, don't need any more of that negativity. Eh? Yeah, right. Time to shit on AEW then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, the Young Bucks. They can't keep their mouth shut, can they? So, uh, did you watch uh, AEW Dynamite this week? God no. So, uh, to be fair, excellent, except for the main event, which was fucking embarrassing. Um, but other than that, brilliant. And I highly recommend people check out the Middle Age Bucks versus Pack and Ray Phoenix. Oh, masterpiece. Fucking amazing. It helps when one team can carry the other. Yeah, exactly. When you've got Pack and Phoenix, they can carry the other two yeah. scrubs. Um, but yeah, the Young Bucks, the AEW World Tag Team Champions, um, they have defended AEW for having so many factions on their roster. So uh, you don't need to know, obviously, that there are a large amount of factions going on. It's ridiculous. There are so many of them. And I can think of it like at least five. Exactly. Exactly. That's a big problem. So in an interview with Scott Fishman of TV Insider, Nick Jackson compared AEW to NJPW and said that it's easier to get more people involved with different groups rather than booking them in angles as solo acts. That immediately... I need to take on a task for that immediately because, you know, this is why people are taking a piss. It's all inclusive wrestling. It's not all elite. <laughs> New Japan Pro Wrestling has been booking factions for more than 40 years and they're still around, said Nick. I see the argument, but I think North American fans have never seen this many at one time. They are used to one, two or three stables in a company. It's easier to book angles. It's easy to get more people involved with different groups. If you're not aligned in a stable, you're alone. And that's hard to book sometimes. 
There's so many things I could take the task here. That's why we have a lot of factions. It has clearly worked. Again, fuck you, mate. You're clueless. Meanwhile, Matt Jackson, in character, of course, called out fickle internet fans for turning on him and his brother. It's in, it, Because this is kayfabe, I'm not going to shit on this too much because, you know, heels. Although I never know whether to heel or face from week to week because AEW doesn't know how it's to Because they're shit actors. Yeah, yeah, very, very fucking shit. Only one of them ever cuts promos. Have you noticed that as well? The one who's got the receding forehead. He seems to always cut promos. Everyone just stares at blank. Huh? That's <laughs> so weird. Fans <laughs> are fickle, stress, Matt. They are only with you when you're underground. As soon as you go mainstream, they start turning on you. True Young Bucks fans will always be our fans, but there are ones who come and go. A lot of that we see on the internet now. It's really toxic. That's the reason we deleted our Twitter account over a year ago, but it's fun now to bring our frustrations out. If you don't like me, that's fine. I'm going to make you not like me even more i literally dislike you so much that i just don't bother watching your product the only reason i watched it this week is because pack and ray phoenix are the two best in the world of what they do it's as simple as that so what do you think about this um you know the young bucks in non-kayfabe uh defending the fact that AEW has a severe faction problem uh there was a lot of uh comments there that were rather hilarious one saying that it's difficult to book people if they're on their own um obviously these guys haven't watched wrestling since I want to say 1870 uh, <laughs> until today. Uh, and also talking about the fact that it's just easier to put angles. And of course, that the the multiple factions has apparently worked for them, even though their ratings have been steadily decreasing week after week. I mean, in my opinion, the point of a stable is to get, you know, you put some guys together, but there's one of those guys you kind of really want to get over. So you use the group as the vehicle to get that one person over. Use Evolution for an example. I guess there was two there, really. But, you know, you used Evolution. You had Triple H and Flair. But you used it to get Orton and Batista over. You also use it as a vehicle to bring people up to the level of the main guy who's in it. You know, like exactly. the, the great thing about the Four Horsemen was that it enhanced Ric Flair's reputation while also bringing other guys up alongside them. All of a sudden, Arn Anderson went from just being a good ring hand to being the enforcer. And people were like, you know, take him fucking seriously. Don't fuck around. Tully Blanchard was always a world-class mic worker, a savage heel. And he just, uh, you know, having the four horsemen on him, that gave them the final notch to be able to say, okay, we've gone from being stars to mega stars. You know, so it does have useful thoughts. But how you can say that Matt Hardy's money brand has been successful is frankly laughable this just shows that the young bucks are completely out of touch with wrestling i know this is going to upset a lot of the aw marks but they are they're completely out of touch okay the the, re- the way they've worded that right there is so pathetic this is why i made the term all-inclusive wrestling they believe that for instance they're saying it's easier to book angles if you've got you know we can get more people involved what do you mean more people involved ah oh, yes because everybody deserves a turn at aw don't they Oh, you're shit, but don't worry about it. We'll put you in a faction so you're relevant. No, this is why people are laughing at your product. And this is why you're having decreasing ratings. Because first of all, the booking is fucking shit. And don't get me wrong, I have loads of ideas that could probably help improve AEW. I'm sure loads of people do who have even the slightest understanding of how to write anything creatively, never mind TV. Uh, But it just, it fucking winds me up. Because once again, they, they haven't given any um, factual evidence to prove how it's working or what they're doing that makes it work. All they're doing is just making excuses immediately. Like, yeah, but you know, we're making, we're giving people opportunities. Yeah. But how do you explain the fact that so many more people are now critiquing the fact you've got more factions? 
They don't answer any of that. It, they're like politicians. They duck all those fucking questions. But because they're, you know, <laughs> people think Super they're popular. Yeah, they're popular and people think they're liberals, which is really funny because they're not. They're actually Donald Trump supporters. They are huge Republicans, the young bugs. Really makes me laugh. Um, because people think that they're kind of like super liberal. And, oh, they're against the evil WWE machine. They're a machine too, okay? These machines have a finite amount of <laughs> bullshit, you know, before they just run out. It's so funny. It really is. People will literally swallow anything AEW says because they are desperate. And I mean desperate to believe that they are the cure for the cancer, the evil disease that is WWE. But the reality is you can will it into existence all you want. But if it doesn't exist, it doesn't exist. It's as simple as that. Yeah, I mean, let's with AEW first room, you had the inner circle. That was the I think the only faction I had on the first dynamite. Yeah. That was, you know, that was fine. That was cool. The elite, but like they they weren't like, you know, <laughs> they like were like they are now tag team together, but Kenny Omega was doing his thing, the Young Bucks were doing their thing. Yeah. And then, you know, you've so let, let's try and count out. You've got the inner circle who are faces now, I guess. Hmm. I don't know. Was it the pinnacle or pinnacle? Is that the other one now that I pineapple, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And then you just thought about Matt Hardy having some people. I know he was with Private Party for a while. Got, I don't know if he still is. Yeah, so I'm thinking you got the inner circle, you got the pinnacle, you've got Team Taz, which is fucking awful. Oh, you got right. Matt oh, Hardy's group, fucking awful. You got the Dork Order. Um, who else you got? There's other. Oh, uh, you've got um, Best Friends. Would you count Best Friends? Uh, yeah, because they've now got Chris Statlander as well. So there's four of them. Um, so <laughs> that's a faction. You've also got okay. the Nightmare Factory. The Nightmare Family, sorry. You've now got the Factory, which is um, uh, QT Marshall's faction. So, because they split a Nightmare mm -hmm. Factory down the middle. Okay. <laughs> um, We're at eight so far, by the way. Eight. We're at eight. That's ridiculous. Uh, not to mention the fact that, obviously, Moxley's running around with Eddie Kingston. Um, you know, it, it's fucking stupid. And it's actually quite embarrassing. And do you know what really winds me up? All these same people are like, yeah, WCW went out of business because they were stupid. Oh, they put too many factions. Oh, why is there so many people in the NWI? Why is there another NWI? Why is there black and white? Why is there red and black? And blah, 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 blah. But as soon as AEW does, oh, it's fucking great. And it? oh, it's amazing. Like I say, AEW fans, what fucks me off about them? Don't get me wrong. I know full well that WWE fans can be just as toxic, but we're not talking about WWE. We're talking about AEW's problems. And this is the problem of AEW fans. They do not want to engage in criticism. They truly believe that their content, that their creation, that their show is untouchable, completely infallible to any kind of critiques. And do you know what happens when you think that way? Ultimately, you set yourself up for a much bigger failure. I think my biggest takeaway, my biggest problem with that is when he says that it's, an, it's very difficult to book somebody by themselves. If you can't book Ludicrous. a single superstar Ludicrous to do anything that is your that is a failure as a writer and as a company because you're you know for example i'm just gonna use it like your world champion is a single star if you can't book someone to that level to face kenny omega even if i don't think he's the best you know he's the world champion it is what it is but if you can't book someone to that level to face him then you have failed 
all of your single superstars. Do you know what it is? They're too fucking lazy to build single stars because you got, I'm sorry, you cannot tell me that Pac could not run your entire company as the lead champion. I re- Pac is tenfold more believable as a heel champion than Kenny Omega ever will be. You know, he's, he's <laughs> Kenny Omega swanning around, dressed like Elton John, looking like some fucking metrosexual cosplay. You know, Pac comes out, looks like a monster, talks so beautifully on the microphone. This is why I get fucking pissed off with AEW because you've got guys like Pac, you've got guys like Trent, you've got guys like Rusev, guys who could legitimately be megastars and instead you just fucking hamstring them in dumb angles. Rusev comes out, right, on um, Dynamite this week and says, you know what, oh, I'm not going to, you know, be held back by Kip Saban and everything else that's going on. You know, if you hold gold, I'm coming for you. I'm a monster, blah, blah. It's like, where the fuck was this six months ago? Oh, you mean when he debuted and shouldn't have been the whole best man to begin with? It's actually embarrassing. They don't fucking know. Tony Khan is a shit booker, and I am tired of people trying to pretend like he's not. He is a fucking garbage booker. He has a terrible creative team, which apparently is just him and a couple of scrubs and QT Marshall. That's great, mate. I'm sorry, but I can see right through your bullshit, okay? And, you know, for instance, Dynamite this week, great, because it was simplistic. Because less is more. But they still have to fuck it up by having a ridiculous... The main event, right, was Matt Hardy versus Darby Allen um, for the TNT Championship. Falls count anyway. Would you hazard a guess as to how many people got involved in this match? I'm going to say seven. Hmm. So, we had Private Party. Okay. Uh, we had Sting. We had Lance Archer. We had... Um, half the Dark Order. I think all of the Dark Order, actually. Um, okay, well, they already beats seven. Um, who else did we have? Oh, fuck me. There was all kinds of stuff going off. It was ridiculous. People were doing run-ins mid-match. They were trying to get other people over. Like, apparently, not this week, but I think last week, AEW had 70 different personalities at one point or another on their one TV show. Seven. In two hours? in two hours okay whether that be promos backstage or out there or getting involved or a ringside 70 in a two-hour format don't fucking come at me about bloated rosters eventually you're gonna have to release some talent do you know why they set up the um elevation the AEW dark elevation so so they wouldn't have to exactly because they need to they have no choice that's not because they want to expand their business. Go fuck yourself. It's because they haven't got a choice. I'm not stupid. Come on. If you... 70 people on one TV show. It's a clusterfuck. It's embarrassing. Do you know what happens then? You water down your potential to have stars. Because, yeah, Hangman Page is amazing. Pack is amazing. Ray Phoenix is amazing. Penta is amazing. But you don't see them. They're lost in the shuffle. You know? It's ridiculous. It's much harder to fish for something that's elite when ultimately you've got a million fucking scrubs running around them. It's it's just ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's the most bloated and embarrassing roster. But if WWE do it, of course, it's terrible, you know. It's just the people fighting so hard against WWE is exactly as you've said like a hundred times. You know, WWE does something like, no, crucify them, burn them alive, go to Stanford and kill them. But you do it fucking down AEW, they're like, man, that's so smart. I can't believe Tony did this. He's such a good guy, man. I wish I could give him a high five. Yeah, I'll <laughs> give him a high five to his fucking face. 
I'll give him a high five in his fucking bollocks, mate. It's ridiculous. So, uh, sticking with AEW, Ivelisse. Did you hear about Ivelisse getting released? I did, yes. I actually heard this story this morning. Yeah, so I thought this was worth reading because the hypocrisy and the double standards of wrestling fans as a whole, and particularly AEW fans, is comical. Utterly comical. So... This is from PW Mania. As reported earlier on PW Mania, Ivelisse Velez took to Twitter and announced that she is no longer with AEW. She said, and I quote, history repeats itself, unfortunately. I speak up about mistreatment and get let go. That's life, wrote Ivelisse, who had been with AEW regularly since July 2020, signed to some sort of per event deal, but reportedly not a full-time contract. Uh, this is the latest update. Um... <clears throat> in an update, Fightful Select received the following statement from Ivelisse after a Twitter announcement revealing that the mistreatment came from a coach in the company and that she had issues with Thunder Rosa. Uh, I spoke up about mistreatment from a coach, even to other women too. There were witnesses and I was the one suspended and left in limbo and now let go. And nothing has been done at all the entire time about Thunder Rosa slandering my name the entire time in AEW and doing everything to sabotage my position there. I kept quiet. Thunder Rosa also has a history of getting involved with officials in order to get ahead, which there was a lawsuit and everything in Lucha Underground. Uh, Evenly spoke more about Rosa in a few tweets uh, this afternoon. Nope, it was her being unprofessional. She had done the same thing in Lucha Underground as well and was unprofessional, hurting my tag partner's jaw the next match and slandering my name the entire time at AEW. Uh, thumbs up emoji. She wrote in a response to fans arguing about her issues backstage and with Rosa. Another fan commented that Eva Lee seems to have similar problems at every promotion she works for, advising her to look in the mirror at some point. She responded, nope, I don't. Only major companies played, plagued by politics. Another fan suggested she make a statement so word of mouth and rumours won't take over the truth. She responded, too mentally drained to deal with it all and statement or no statement, no one has a right to slander about people or situations they know nothing about. Funny, isn't it? Uh, it was no reported way. back on April the 2nd that Ivelisse was not being booked by AEW due to an issue with the veteran talent and a few AEW coaches. That report came as she deleted a tweet to a fan where she said, if only I could speak in response to a question on why she hadn't been appearing on AEW TV. So the reason I wanted to talk about this is because whenever there are allegations... Uh, made, whether they be factually correct or whether they have evidence or not, people immediately side with the victim. Why is it that we're quite happy to just shuffle this under the carpet? I want AEW fans to fucking contact at WrestlePlug and explain to me why it is okay to flat out ignore this when you know full well that if this happened on WWE's dime, you would be losing your everlasting shit and siding with her. But because it's AW and they're so sunshine and lollipops, and we all follow the yellow brick road to Tony Khan's cornhole. So quite possibly, there could never be any kind of contentious issues. And as much as I personally love Thunder Rosa, I have heard from numerous individuals and I've read numerous sources that have said that she actually does work very aggressively, a little too snug, very violently. A lot of people don't like her style and she does have a reputation for, you know, shooting on people and injuring people because of her MMA background. And ultimately she can be a loose cannon and is a bit of a liability in the ring. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, the first thing I think of is like you kind of said already, if this happened in WWE, people, you know, my Twitter timeline, which I barely even check now because I just can't deal with that shit every day. 
but Arr. this would be blowing up. This would be all I see. But, you know, fucking the yellow brick road right to the bunghole, dude. Doesn't even matter. But the double standard people get from, you know, one company to the, to the other is <laughs> frustrating, honestly, because wrestling as a whole was proven last year that it is not a great place to be. As much as I would like to not believe that, as much as I'm sure you would like to not believe that, you're in it, you would know better than I. But sometimes yeah. it is just a toxic place to be because, you know, double standards like that, you know, the whole speaking out movement. So you can't just go, no, it's definitely not. It's de definitely not Thunder Rosa's fault. She did nothing wrong because that's just, that's not how the world works. You have to hear both sides of the story to make an unbiased, objective opinion. But nope, nope, not at all, dude. She didn't do it. Nope, this person is wrong. Yep. That just that doesn't do it for me. I'm, is this person I'm the type dares of to critique AEW? She's always wrong. Now, Ivelisse, to be fair, like I am a fair man. I understand that Ivelisse, I'd love to have Ivelisse on to talk about it because I actually like the idea of everyone having their fucking say, not just the people who want to accuse. Um, Ivelisse does have a reputation for upsetting people, for, you know, um, rocking the boat at times, whether that be right or wrong. That's the thing. Just because she has a reputation for rocking the boat doesn't mean she's not justified in doing so. You know, I had a reputation at my old job of making it difficult for management because they were consistently taking liberties with people despite the fact we were unionized and i knew my fucking rights if someone knows their rights isn't rocking the boat or oh don't upset this is so typical of the current wrestling dynamic why do you think we have so many fucking problems because there is this mentality of you got to get along to go along hot dog and handshake don't complain shut up when you get a fucking finger in the toilets hey jbl oh allegedly of course you know this is the thing that fucking annoys me people want to act as if wrestling is holier than thou and actually is a really shitty grimy business in places and if you're lucky enough to find a place for instance like myself in cwp where you can work and feel comfortable and safe in the locker room that's fantastic. That isn't afforded to everybody. And there is always going to be Yahoo promoters and bullshit fucking shenanigans that go on. And that goes all the way up to the top. If WWE is doing it, don't act as if everybody else isn't doing it. Because I can guarantee AEW is doing it as well. It's a matter of time. The reality is AEW, the only reason it's not in the bad press so much is because it's just early doors. You know, if they're still around in 10 years' time, I guarantee they would have had more than enough. Remember that bloke who insinuated, you know, that felt that he was bullied, that he wasn't allowed to see Cody. Turns out he tweeted some awful things before, but that didn't neglect the fact that he still had something to say and he still felt like he was being mistreated. Just because he put some questionable tweets out there, you know, ultimately... AEW could have vetted him very easily to find out. There are accusations that are levied against AEW, but, you know, we all want to be, shh, no, 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 that's, that's negative. We don't talk about negativity here. We just pretend, you know, it's very much like the little kid that goes, la, 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 la. They just don't want to hear it. They act like spoiled little fucking brats. And most of their fans don't live in the real world like we have to. They all live in their mum's basements and suckle on their mother's teeth still because, you know, that's easier than actually going out in the real world, getting a job, having to live, having to thrive. So, you know what? 
no, I don't have any sympathy for you in this position. And I want to know why it's completely fine to sweep anything that Ivelisse says under the rug. Whereas as soon as somebody accuses somebody in WWE or any other company for that matter, even slightly, we are quite happy to just endlessly shit on that person because it suits their politics. Horseshit is what it is. I hate these double standards, and that is what is tearing wrestling apart. Because fans don't want to be held accountable for everything, only the things that they don't like. I cannot wait, and you know, five, ten years time when all this shit that happened behind the scenes at AEW finally comes out because someone says something. Because there's no, they've been around for almost two years now. I think I don't know. Time is all relative because we're all reliving the same day, being locked inside, but. You know there's some shady shit going on there. It's just maybe they do a better job of hiding it than Vince does. But that doesn't mean it might not exist and that it might not come out in, you know, like I said, five, ten years. And then people will go, what? No way. That never happened, even though 17 different people will confirm the story because it just doesn't fit their narrative of the way they want their company to be portrayed. And that is incredibly short-sighted and it actually pisses me off. Do you know who who's the most hated man in wrestling right now? Joey Ryan. Um, he's up there, yeah, right? Yeah, Joey Ryan. I mean, Joey I'm Ryan, sure who for the best part of fifteen to twenty years was the Young Bucks' best friend. What? So at no point did any of his misdeeds or behavior, you know, even get close to them. Apparently in all that time, they never once saw him do anything poor or shitty or anything like that, allegedly. No. Bollocks. Absolute bollocks. I'm sorry, but we live in a real world. If you're offended by this, good. You can be offended, but we're not going to fucking change our opinions. I'm so sick of this bullshit of like, I'm offended, therefore you have to change your opinion. No. Fuck you. Fuck you. It's the same with the Kip Sabian situation. Him and Miro are very happy to go on Twitter and attack Jim Cornette, who, you know, at the best of times can say some fucking stupid things, you know. But ultimately, see, this is the problem. You know, someone like Jim Cornette, right? He says some inflammatory things, okay? And they're stupid. And rightfully, he should be taking the task on them. However, that is like 5% of what he says. So does that mean that if you say so... So, for instance, if Carl Wilkinson says something on this podcast which people deem offensive, does that mean every single one of his other opinions is therefore nullified? It is in the fucking stupid, uber-leftist, uber-offended world. But in the real world where we live, where we don't scream into social media every five seconds, that's not how the real world works. If someone says something at my work that I think is offensive or I think is unnecessary, they get taken a task for it, However, we don't completely nullify their character, you know, unless it's something particularly atrocious or they do something particularly atrocious. It's this whole thing of, oh, you disagreed with me. Oh, you had a different opinion to me. Now you are scum and you deserve to die and everything you say has no validity. Even though someone like Jim Cornette, for instance, has given, what, the best part of 40 years of his life to the wrestling business and has actually done more in the wrestling business than the majority of people have nowadays. But because... Big old Tuna Meltzer says he doesn't like him because he won't support AEW. He's scum of the earth. This is the new thing. If you don't like AEW or you dare to critique them, you are scum of the earth. Grow up. Grow up and accept that in life, people are allowed to critique things if they think there are things that are wrong with them. And ultimately, a lot of what these people are saying about AEW, they are proven right by the fact that your ratings continue to drop. 
that your talent continues to make horrendous mistakes on TV. And you're not the only ones to do it. WWE does it too. The difference is we take everyone to task here, not just AEW. We take everyone to task. But AEW doesn't want to be taken to task. Oh, we're new at this. Oh, leave us alone. Oh, we're new. Whatever. We've only been going a year and a half. We're so much better than you. Go away. It's pathetic. It's actually no. pathetic. I feel sorry for you living in that kind of fake bubble. Because I'll tell you what, it's going to hurt a lot more when your bubble is eventually burst and you are exposed to the real world. It's going to hurt you a lot more. Yeah, just, just accept it now, people. <clears throat> just, just accept and look and be fair in your judgment to everyone because we'll tell you about it every week. But, you know, that bubble you live in is just going to get bigger, bigger, and bigger. And I can't wait to be the one to take the pin and just go ink and just watch. It'll be hilarious. Yeah. And for those people saying that, like, oh, you're quite happy to dish it out, but you don't want to take it. Seriously, every day I get fucking hate mail about how I'm a fat Arab or a Paki or, you know, I'm a fat piece of shit with big tits, blah, 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 blah. None of you would ever have the bollocks to say it's my face because, you know, I'd rip your fucking skin off and wear it with pride. So just pipe down, stop hurting yourself. Ultimately, I'm not going to change what WrestlePlug is. We're not going to fucking censor ourselves. We're not going to edit ourselves for your pleasure just because you're easily offended. If you don't like the content, you have a choice. You have a choice not to watch it. I have no problem saying to my audience, if we say things that offend you, fine. Fuck off and watch someone else then. Really doesn't bother me at all. It really doesn't. I do this for the real people. And I do this for the people who genuinely enjoy our content. And I love every single person. By the way, I consider myself to be a very good human being, a very kind human being who has done so much to help people out, which is more than I can say from the majority of these little fuckers who want to hide behind their keyboards all the time. You know, it doesn't bother me in the slightest. Is there any other news? <laughs> Is there anything happy? Did anything happy happen this week? No, I think I'm still bummed out about some of the results for Mania, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, it's been a knackering week, hasn't it? What do you think about the new three-minute format on YouTube? I like that, dude. I very much like that. It's very quick. These are the points. This is what happened. Like it or not, bye. Pretty much, yeah. I, I <laughs> like throwing in the comedic elements. It's nice to be able to experiment. Um, the AEW Dynamite one was a real riot to do. What I like is the fact that you know, um, the majority of people seem to love it, which is great. Uh, you know, views fluctuate on YouTube. You never know what's going to hit, what doesn't. The Raw review did really well. The AW Dynamite and NXT reviews, not so much because... It's not much hit. I think a lot of it comes down to the fact that people really want to um, check out reviews where you're shitting on something that's shit. Like, people know Raw's pretty bad, so they think, mm -hmm. oh, he's going to be entertaining for Raw, and I think that's why people tune in for that stuff maybe more. Because, let's be honest, nobody wants to watch three hours of Raw, even when it's good, but when it's really shit, you can come to our YouTube channel and you can watch it in three minutes flat. Um, but yeah, I enjoy the creative process, to be fair. It's pretty good. What's... Uh... What's going on in your world, mate? Oh, it's your birthday tomorrow, isn't it? It, it is. Big old 3-0. 30 Probably years old. feels like it's 80. 30 years old. If anyone's listening to this, I demand that you send Carl Wilkinson birthday celebrations and, uh, I don't know, send him something. you got a wish list or something, an Amazon wish list? Nah, not really, dude. I'm not much of a materialistic guy. Just, you know, knowing that people care is more than enough for me. So, hookers, yeah? Oh, uh, yeah. Hooker's a blow. Any blackjack? Uh, I mean, it's not a party without it. Fair enough. Fair enough. What are you doing for it, mate? Anything good? 
I mean, I work tomorrow because, you know, at this point in my life, your birthday is just another day. You get home and you can celebrate, but no, going in, going in and grind tomorrow. Yeah, it's just another day. Fuck off. Well, go going in. Gonna have some Wendy's for dinner tomorrow because it's my favorite food. And then, you know, don't have. Wendy! Daddy's home. And then, you know, maybe uh, the boys and I will play some Mortal Kombat on the weekend. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll, we'll be right. that. Don't you worry about that. Don't you worry about that. Yeah. Oh, hopefully, let me know when you get your um your card in the post, mate. Oh, um, you did. You probably did. But yeah, no, it's uh, obviously it will take a while because fucking you know airmail in it. But yeah, no, if anyone's listening to this, please uh, send some love and some happy birthdays to Carl. No, he doesn't want to really celebrate. It's tough, isn't it? Because you guys are in lockdown as well, so it's not like you. Yeah. Like we've just come out of a full lockdown. Like you can you can drink outside and eat outside at the moment. So you know, at least if all else fails, you can like I've I've got till January. So obviously, I had one birthday in lockdown. I might be lucky and not have to worry about another. Come June, I'll be fully vaccinated as well, which is good, uh, which means I'll be, you know, fine to travel if they do choose to initiate any kind of passports mm-hmm. or whatever. But do you know what I really like about the State of Wrestling Dress? How we just have our own little, like, natters at the end. And for this is for, like, all of our mates, really, like Tanvir and that who are still <laughs> listening. Congratulations on getting back to the gym, Tanvir. Me and Tanvir are both in the gym now trying to get ourselves in better shape so hopefully in a few months time i'll be looking much more leaner and crisp <laughs> or if nothing else i'll just be fucking huge like bro what but yeah it's um it's so weird because obviously we're kind of trying to get closer to freedom and you guys have just been slapped right back into a lockdown how's that been for mental health and things like that i mean at this point it just is what it is every for the like the last three days i think we've had upwards of 3,500 cases just in Ontario for the past four days, every why is day. Why, why I don't it? know. I swear at this point, people, people are just, just flaunting it, just ignoring the rules? Or I feel, yeah, at this point, they're just like going out just to fucking do it. Like we had, there was, it was a couple weeks back, I think kind of leading into the last lockdown, because mm. Peterborough, we have both a college and a university here. Like it's a school town. And, you know, at one of the student residences near the college, they threw a party. And, you know, came, the party came out with like 17 or 18 different cases. And one kid who didn't even go to the party died because of, he got, caught COVID from someone else. Like, come like on. Doing it just to yeah, but COVID you. doesn't exist. Remember that. <laughs> no, it's... Coming up next real. week on the WrestleBlog, Austin Aries. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, he wishes he could get on this platform. I would love to have Austin Aries on. I want all the Fruit Loops, you know? Um, who else is... Uh, Val Venus is one, isn't he? Val Venus is another one of those, isn't he? Let's get him on as well. Marty Janetti. <laughs> yeah, I think he, I think him denying COVID is probably the least of his issues, judging from what I've seen of his Facebook page. Oh, you mean about that time he admitted he murdered someone? Yeah, and also he banged his daughter, didn't he? Uh, something like that, yeah. Some girl was claiming to be his daughter, and he said he was. He said he wanted to have sex with her, but he didn't know whether she was telling the truth. I was like, "What the fuck, mate?" Like, I Red actually, flag, dude. Red at flag. This, at this point, you just want to kind of, you kind of hope he gets the help he just needs. Like, it, it goes beyond funny after a while, and you think, "Wow, okay." I actually want you to get help, mate, because I worry about you. Especially when you think how good my Ginetti was as a worker. So sad. Like, Shawn Michaels, although he went off the deep end, he had everyone around him to look after him. He's a megastar. Marty Ginetti was just kicked to the curb and left. 
Fun story about Mike Jeanette. Do you know this? Um, you remember when he was released back in, I, think, I want to say, 93? Um, so he faced uh, Shawn Michaels at the Rumble in 93 for the IC title. Mm-hmm. And he lost. And that was kind of like, you know, the big culmination of the barbershop incident. Um, he got released uh, a few months. I think even it might have been the next day. But I know he was released quite soon after that. Do you know why he was released? So the official story is that he basically was doing drugs, got drunk, passed out, and WWE were like, right, that's it, get lost, we've had enough of this shit, and that sounds all well and good. Actually, the story goes, and there's a lot of people who can back this up, uh, great sources and things like that, and you can check it out for yourselves on Google, something for you guys to run off and do if you're feeling bored. Test the punk homework. So Marty Jannetty was knackered, decided to have a nap on the, you know, in the locker room, and so Shawn Michaels basically went to management, said he was drunk, said he was passed out because he'd been taking drugs and alcohol, and they fired him without even checking. So even though he was actually just having a nap, so there was actually nothing wrong with him. So as if Shawn Michaels wasn't a big enough shit can artist, you know, there's that on top of it. And so this is how they deal with this scenario. How would you think a professional company would deal with this in the modern age if this kind of incident happened where somebody was fired unjustly like that? Would you possibly punish the individual who had made up these horrible lies and cost this person so much of their money and their ability to earn financially? Or would you punish this person by making them drop the IC title on Raw with Mr. Perfect at ringside? <laughs> <laughs> and that's it, exactly it's amazing. And the fun it's fact amazing is, when you look back. Fun fact, Mr. Perfect was kayfabe meant to be at ringside, but also he wanted to shoot be at ringside to make sure that Shawn Michaels didn't go into business for himself because he said he would get in the ring and batter him if he tried to. So, there you go. It's amazing when you look back on shit like that and how yeah. none of it would fly now. It probably still would fly in WWE's locker room, I reckon, to a certain extent, but it's um it is it's crazy like how different a world wrestling used to be and it's funny because we all idolize Shawn michaels now it's amazing how we'll forgive anything after time won't we like mike tyson he, you know he joined the inner circle this is a guy who was convicted of rape and aw fans are like yeah mike tyson yeah matt riddle fucking boo <laughs> yes, guys, we got mike tyson this is so much fun Oh my god, Mike Tyson. <laughs> I um uh, his promo of MJF was kind of funny actually to open the show. I thought that's why because MJF is fucking great. Really funny because MJF gave him a blank check and he went to snatch it and he missed it. <laughs> Dear God almighty. Um but yeah, it just makes me laugh how easily people are like, yeah, whatever. Like, yeah, Mike Tyson was a convicted rapist, but yeah, don't worry about it, mate. It's fine. Whatever, it's cool. <laughs> Anything you want to talk about, mate? Well you got the chance? Anything you want to get off your chest? I mean, other than the fact that I'm upset Mortal Kombat, the movie's not coming out tomorrow and coming out next week, but, you know. Watch party, mate. So, is it going to be in cinemas, or are you going to be able to... Because, obviously, where a lot of people are still in lockdown and that, surely, do you have an option to, like, I don't know, rent it? I think, yeah, you can, like, rent it from HBO Max or something. I'm not 100% sure I'm going to look into it over the weekend. Because, like, you know, honestly, if I have to just buy it without seeing it, I'm going to buy it, because it's going to be good, because... I just want to see. Honestly, even if it's objectively bad, I'm going to love it regardless. Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to enjoy it for what it is. It's a film. Like, I'm not going to take it as seriously as a lot of the Mortal Kombat lunatics. This proves that there are toxic pricks everywhere. 
Because even more mm-hmm. comment fans are like, yeah, well, it's uh, I, if Reptile dies in the first five minutes, I'm not going to carry on watching it. Oh, fuck off. It's like, mate, it's just the film. If you don't like it, there are like, what, 11 games for you to play? Like, and that's just the main story. That doesn't even count like Shaolin Monks or any of the mythologies or any Monks spinoffs. Is good. You know, oh man, Shaolin Monks was fucking opinion. sick. Shaolin Monks is good. My favorite one is, I think it was called Deadly Alliance. So I had it on yes, the- that's so- where uh, Shang Tsung and Quan Chi hang out. They murder Liu Kang. Yeah, I um, that was that was the first one that really struck a chord with me personally. But the one that I always had the best memories of is Mortal Kombat Four because when I um my mate had like a really advanced like pc like you know back, obviously nowadays it would probably back in the day yeah <laughs> it'd be a rock now like but like i remember sitting there and playing more combat four with him you know and doing the toasties and i remember quan chi's fatality just ripping off someone's leg and fucking just beast them with their own leg yeah but that was, we were also used to play worms as well like worms and worms too uh, that's how old school I'm talking about, like back in the day. Like, I was in, I was doing school, mate. Worms time. Armageddon was one of the best games I've ever played. Worms is really good. Team 17, mate. Great producers. They made some really fucking good games. I think the Worms franchise has kind of run its course now, but I always have such a soft and loving memory of what Worms used to be. But yeah, no, more combat the film is going to be fucking pang, mate. I guarantee it's going to be great. And the only reason people will shit on it is because it's not run by Marvel. Disney could like shit in a bucket and call it Mortal Kombat the rebirth and it would probably sell like I don't know two billion at the box office just because it's got Disney on it. People don't give Dude, a shit. Can you imagine the kind of like if they made a quote unquote good Street Fighter movie now, just with the effects they can do? Are you suggesting if, that the Jean-Claude Van Damme masterpiece is not a that's why I said hey, quote unquote, I love that movie. That film I shouldn't incredible. but I Rob, refuse Rob to accept Julia anyone is saying incredible. it's bad. I think it's legitimately world class. I do. I think it's legitimately great. Come at me in the comments. Street Fighter the movie is amazing. It's so I would put, good. I'd put that and the first Mortal Kombat movie, I'd put those on the same level. I think they're both incredible movies. The first Mortal Kombat then, movie is really underrated. Like, really underappreciated as well. Christopher Lambert's Raiden is untouchable. Like, Raiden has never been cool since for me. I think he's... I, I hate his video game persona. It fucking bores the everlasting tits off of me. I find him so boring now. He's just such a, a robot, you know? When Christopher Lambert was under the hood, you, you remember that scene when they all come running in, all the soldiers, and he's just got that one electric finger, and he goes, I don't think so. And he's like, ooh, saucy. You just think, that's fucking cool. Nowadays, he's like, oh, I have let down the Elder Gods again. Oh, shut up, mate. You fucking... you give me a... Give me a seizure, bruv. You know, he's so boring. Mr. Red Tape. He's the kind of... I'm surprised before he fights Liu Kang in every Mortal Kombat game, he doesn't just fill out like a fucking risk assessment form first. <laughs> like, fuck off. Well, so, what's that going to have to beat up the champion of Earthrealm again? Fuck. Yeah, great. Although I do like the uh, storyline in Mortal Kombat 11. I'm working my way through it. I love the storyline of how they... He remembers, he remembers all the different timelines and things. I'm like, oh, it's so clever. So, yeah, I'm getting towards the end of the initial story. I know I'll play Aftermath afterwards. But Oh, you picked up Aftermath? Aftermath is sick. Yeah, I got the Ultimate Edition. So if anyone wants to play me, uh, hook me up. You know, send me a message at WrestlePlug and I'll give you my uh, my uh, Xbox Gamer Tag. You guys can join me. And obviously, if Carl Wilkinson uh, wants to as well, you can always... Yeah, I'm in. Social media, so... Yeah. Did you notice for Aftermath, though, they got the guy that played Shang Tsung in the movie. They got yeah. him to do, like, the mocap, the voice, and everything. It's just him. Oh, it's oh, so good. It's so fucking good, bro. 
Yeah, he is sick, that guy. Like, the original Shang Tsung is amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, just just a fucking... Oh, that film is... I'm going to have to go and watch that film again now. So good. So, so good. I love... Mortal Kombat will always be the king. The king of fighters for me. It really will. I think we'll leave it there, mate. I can't bother to talk about anything else. Um, <laughs> that'll do me for now. Hopefully you've enjoyed this impromptu chat on the back end of us basically annihilating AEW. I can't wait for all the hate mail we'll get. So hopefully you've enjoyed this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Carl Wilkinson. Happy birthday, mate. 30 in just a few hours. It's pretty wild. Yeah. 3.41 a.m. Eastern time is the exact day or the exact time. I will turn 30. Look at that. Eh? That's 8.41 in the morning on Friday, the 16th of April, ladies and gentlemen. So make sure that you follow Carl Wilkinson at xcarl under slash Wilkinson because he's edgy, isn't it? And uh, send him your birthday wishes and your love. And if you're a hot woman... Getting his DMs, yeah? Even if you're not a hot woman, getting his DMs. <laughs> if you're a hot man, getting his DMs. Is there anyone you don't want in your DMs? Um, not really, no. I just I just want to feel the love, baby. I mean, he's legal of age, so... I mean, if he's not the first one, it's clear he doesn't like me, so... That's very true. That's the, he better hear that. If I don't get something at fucking 8 o'clock your time tomorrow morning... I'm going to stretch it so hard. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, if you are still, for some ungodly reason, still listening to this clusterfuck, um, Jordan Said was the interview that was dropped yesterday, Thursday, on the 15th of April. Very good interview. Um, my Middle Eastern brother from another mother. Uh, we had a great chat, actually, talking about his time in the police, talking about his diversity, um, obviously being of Middle Eastern descent himself. We had a really nice, really cool detailed but yet quite candid conversation about what it means to be an Arab in the wrestling world and you know what we can do to change perceptions of what people think of us it's a really good listen if you're you know not too uh, insensitive yeah turns out we actually champion uh, racial equality here we don't just fucking use it as a term for clout on social media <laughs> funny that but yeah check that out and uh, also there's a big shoot interview coming this sunday big 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 shoot. first proper shoot interview and there's a lot of topics there uh basically a promoter of a very well-known company in hampshire has basically had enough of everyone talking shit about him and slagging him off and has decided that he was going to use our podcast and our platform and he's a friend of the podcast to uh light some asses up so that's definitely going to turn a few heads so i look forward to that and i obviously look forward to the let's go look forward to the litigation i'll probably receive as well <laughs> it's good when you're hated mate at least when you're hated you know you're doing something right because people are talking about it it's as simple as that yeah. and also uh just just lastly i want to give a shout out to tanvir because he messaged me today and he said i'm so glad that you dropped that jordan Said podcast because i thought i was going to be forced to listen to the chaos project from aw <laughs> one of their recent podcasts instead he opted to listen to jordan side see that ladies and gentlemen people would rather listen to wrestle plug than listen to a couple of fucking nobody scrubs in aw who frankly have no business being on tv i said it lou france pentico suck dick and with that we shall leave it at that carl wilkinson say goodbye Goodbye. Goodbye. From Carl Wilkinson and myself, Aaron X. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, if you are listening, the best parts of this 
podcast will be available on YouTube in separate videos. So make sure you help out the algorithm, like, subscribe, comment, all that jazz. If you can save them to a playlist, that's cool. Let's try and get these subscriptions up as well because I think we're currently on 324. It'd be great to get to 400. But most importantly, have a great weekend. Look after yourselves. Be safe. Look out for all the excessive content we got coming. More interviews next week as well, including one of women's one of the women's best wrestlers in the world i truly believe this this woman is incredible she works in japan for sendai girls she knows mako satomura nada rose and hikaru shida she is really special and i look forward to dropping that podcast too um but yeah from myself aaron x and from carl walks thank you very much for listening we'll catch you very soon for more content from the wrestle plug <laughs>